Hey, this, this morning we're on uh, the third lesson of our series called Partnering with God. Hope you've been with us. If you haven't been with us, you can always go to YouTube, our YouTube channel, Spectrum Church SD, uh, and you can just check us out and find us there where you can find out where we've been and even past messages and series. I think it's going to help you as, uh, as well. Uh, what I'm going to do today is something I, I, I do occasionally. I don't try to do it too long because we kind of lose some people when you read too long. But what we're going to do is we're going to read long today on the front end. What I'm going to do is we're going to look at a passage of Scripture, really a story from Genesis chapter 14 about a guy that we mentioned last week called Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham. Some of y'all remember that story. Then we're going to go to the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 5, we're going to look at one scripture that the writer of Hebrews really points us back to Psalm 110. So let me give you the heads up with that. Then we're going to spend about eight verses in Hebrews 7 that the writer of Hebrews really reports and tells you and I what really happened in Genesis 14 with this guy called Abraham. Did, did I lose you yet? Genesis 14, Abraham's story. We're going to look at Psalms, what Psalm the psalmist said about the story, two verses. Then we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 7, that the writer really breaks down what was going on hundreds of years earlier with Abraham's life about this crazy, listen to me, crazy, one more time, crazy encounter with this person that maybe you've never heard of today. Let's Read the Bible. Genesis 14, verse 14. Now when Abram, this is his brother from the Old Testament, heard that his brother was taken captive, his brother's name is Lot, he armed his 318 trained servants. So notice, I, I love what the Bible says. It didn't say he had 300 or 400 or 350. He said he had 318 trained servants. And just so you know the story while we're starting, has anybody in the room got 318 employees? Didn't think so. I don't, you don't, that I know of. Uh, so this brother here called Abraham, he's got it going on. He's a wealthy man. He's a wealthy man. He's a wealthy man. He's a wealthy man. He arms 318 of his trained servants who were born in his own house, and he went and pursued as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night. These five alien kings came against Abraham's nephew Lot and other kingdoms. He divides his 318 men by night and the servants, and he attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods. So he, he pursued the guys that stole Lot and the wives and all the stuff we'll find out in a minute. And, and he, he captures them all and he, he brings them back. He brings back all the people, all the goods. He brought, brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And, and the king of Sodom, th this is the guy who the other kings came and raided his kingdom. The king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Sheba, that is the king's valley, and after his return from the defeat of this king, we'll call him King Ched because I can't say that word, and, and the kings who were with him. So, so Sodom comes out. When Abraham gathered together and, and brought back all those brothers and sisters, Sodom comes out after this defeat when they're all gathered together. Verse 18. Then what happened here? Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, who wasn't an alien king, who didn't go to fight with Abraham against those brothers, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High. 
And he, Melchizedek, I'm putting those words in so you follow with me, blessed him, Abraham, and he said to him, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abram, gave him, Melchizedek, a tithe of all. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. This is a New Testament scripture about an Old Testament verse in Psalm 110. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become a high priest, but it was he, God, who said to him, Jesus, again, parenthesis is me, so you'll get the clarity. He, God, said to him, Jesus, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Verse 6. As he also says in another place, this is Psalm 110, you, son, Jesus, are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Who, who is this Melchizedek? Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. We read that. Genesis 14. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Whenever you see this in the scripture, it talks about the tithe. Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe. Melchizedek, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also his name means king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, he had no father. Without mother, without genealogy, there's no, you, you, you can't go on, on genealogy.com and find where this brother came from. He had neither beginning of days nor end of life. He had no birth certificate or death certificate, but was made like the son of God, remains a priest continually. Now consider how great this man, Melchizedek, who we're going to find, is really Christ, was. To whom even the patriarch Abram, Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils, or a tithe. And indeed, those who were the sons of Levi, who received the priesthood, this is in the lines of Aaron, his sons, who were then priests, who received the priesthood of a commandment to receive tithes from the people, according to the law, the Old Testament law in Moses, don't want to lose you here, that from their brethren that they have come from the loins of Abraham. Verse 6, but he, Melchizedek, who is Christ, whose genealogy is not derived from them, received tithes from Abraham, and then blessed him who had the promises. We know that Abraham had the promises because we read a couple weeks ago that God actually blessed Abraham and said, I'm blessing you to make you a blessing. I'm going to show you where to go. I'm going to be with you. But he, Melchizedek, let's read that one more time, verse 6. But he, Melchizedek, whose genealogy is not derived from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Verse 7. Now, beyond all contradiction, now if you haven't got it yet, the writer of Hebrews says, try to figure this out. The lesser, who is Abraham, is blessed by the better, who is Melchizedek or Christ. Verse 8, we'll finish here. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he, God, receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he, Christ, lives. That's a lot of scripture, 
I think we need to pray. Bow your head. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're trying to tell us today from these words as we hear about partnering with you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Amen. All God's people in the back said. Amen. All God's people in the church said. Amen. Amen. We read in Genesis chapter 14 that Abraham gets word from this guy who says, Lot and all your friends down there in Sodom and Gomorrah have been taken captive by these alien kings. So Abram does something about it. He arms 318 of his own men and goes in hot pursuit after them. He doesn't only go in pursuit after them. He defeats them and he brings back all the women, Lot, his nephew, all their stuff, all their goods that they just took off and went to another place. He pursued them, don't know exactly how long it took, but he went and he defeated them and he brought back all the goods and he brought back all the people. Then what we read was something crazy happened. Somebody drops into the history of, of the world in Genesis chapter 14, pops in like, like an unknown entity who the scripture says has no beginning, has no father, has no mother, has no birth certificate, has no death certificate. We can't trace where this brother came from. All of a sudden, he just shows up in history, and his name is Melchizedek. What we know and what we, when we read this, and you'll study a little bit more, hopefully in the future, is that Melchizedek is a type of Christ. Melchizedek is what in the Old Testament you'll see the, the, the theological word is he's a Christophany. He is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Jesus at different times would make himself known to the people of God in the Old Testament. Not as Jesus in the New Testament, but as God in the Old Testament. Can I get an amen? He shows up. This is before he was born in Bethlehem to Mary. He shows up. He just shows up at random. You can't pray for him to show up. He just shows up whenever he wants to show up. But we find out that Melchizedek greets Abram after he comes and defeats these enemy kings. It's amazing. And the first thing that we find out he did was he did this. He brought Abram, we found out, bread and wine. Bread and wine is a type and a shadow of communion. Whenever you see bread and wine in the New Testament or bread and wine in the Old Testament, it means symbolically of taking communion. We don't drink wine here just because, you know, we just don't drink wine, but we take bread and juice. Come on, somebody say amen. Uh, this is symbolic of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us on the, New uh, on the cross. So the New Testament, from this Old Testament to the New Testament, all of a sudden we find out this brother Melchizedek drops on the scene after a great victory. After Abram has gathered his guys together and goes in hot pursuit, brings back all the people, brings back all the goods, everybody is saved, everybody is delivered, all the goods come back to their rightful owners. Abraham and his 318 guys come back to Sodom, come back to Gomorrah, and all of a sudden Melchizedek shows up, and Melchizedek's got a couple of things. He's got bread and he's got wine. He says, Abram, we're getting ready to have communion here. We're getting ready to have a, have a change tonight right now because of what you did. Something's going on in this encounter 
that wasn't happening until now. Yeah, you were blessed. God did bless you in, in Genesis chapter 12. You have been blessed by God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. He has blessed you to make you a blessing. And you've just proved that God has blessed you by going in hot pursuit and bringing your nephew back and bringing all the people back and bringing all the stuff back. And we're getting ready to seal this deal. We're going to have communion. Come on, somebody. We found out that communion a couple weeks ago, we talked about partnership, that communion actually represents and means, means covenant. That now I'm in covenant with God. Uh, communion in the New Testament, that I'm in covenant with the, the one who was and is and is to come. I, I'm in covenant with God. Your word's working to me. Your blood has changed me. I'm saved. I'm delivered. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm redeemed. Come on. I'm sanctified. I'm holy. Come on. Makes me want to shout. Come on. That's why we've been shouting praising this morning. I'm not the same guy. I, I'm, I, I'm in communion with you. I'm in covenant with you. He brings this meal out to Abraham saying, we're together in this. We're in partnership in this situation. You're just not going through life doing your own thing. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to avenge you. Come on, everybody. So Abraham, we find out in this encounter, he evidently receives this communion and they have this communion meal together. We know around here, and if you've been to any other church, communion is a sacred time, is a special time, is a, is a time where you're communing with God. There's fellowship between you and God. You're receiving a covenant meal that has now been ratified in the blood of Jesus. Come on, everybody. Melchizedek was saying to Abraham, here's what he's saying. I, I'm, in, I'm in covenant partnership with you. I'm in covenant partnership with you. You're not going through life by yourself. You're just not trying to figure this out by yourself. I'm going to be with you, single mom. I'm going to be with you, aged believer. I'm going to be with you, young adult. I'm going to be with you, families that are trying to figure out how to navigate high prices. I'm in covenant with you. You don't have to try to make it on your own. You don't try to have to forge your own way. I'm in covenant partnership with you. All you have to do is partner with me is what God is telling Abraham through Melchizedek. In Genesis chapter 14, we read, let me read it to you one more time. And he, Melchizedek, blessed him. We said a couple weeks ago that anytime you see that word blessed, it, it, it means that God, God's, God's, God's word is working in your life. His, his, his spirit's working in your life. God's blessed you. God's chose you. God's called you. God's ordained you. Things are getting ready to change. You don't have to pray to be blessed. The minute you say yes to Jesus, you are blessed. We, we talked about, you know, praying that prayer, though, over the, in First Chronicles chapter 4 with Jabez, where Jabez cries out to God. His name means sorrowful. Name means pain. And he says, Lord, bless me indeed. Come on, enlarge my territory. Give me more influence. Let your hand be with me. Let your presence and your power be with me. And, and keep me from evil. Lord God, let, let me not do anything stupid. Let me, let me make, you know, do something phenomenal with my life. I, I want to I make it to the finish line. I want your hand with me that makes a difference in my life and through my life. Can everybody say amen to that? So he says, Abraham's just, Melchizedek is saying to Abraham, listen, buddy, you're, you're not going through life alone. Me and you are in partnership. 
You're going to go on from now on, and, and, and I'm going to be with you. I, I told you I was going to be with you in Genesis chapter 12, but, but I have blessed you, and you are acting on this blessing by going and delivering your brother, your nephew Lot and all these people and bringing back all this stuff. <laughs> Melchizedek speaks words of blessing over him. He speaks words of blessing over him. What we said last week, and we've been saying every week, listen to me, is that the blessing is a spoken thing that changes everything. The blessing. Listen, God's words, written words, these 66 books of the Bible, they are blessed. Come on, they are blessed. You'll get around different people and maybe around some other people in church and some other places that they'll have a prophetic word for you. It's a blessed word. It's a now word. But the logos, the scripture, it is blessed. Come on, everybody. He says, I've blessed you. The blessing is a spoken thing that will change everything. The way the blessing is released is by God speaking something over your life. Listen to me. You don't need a new refrigerator. You need a word from God. Come on, somebody. You just don't need God give you a, a little, little two-week vacation in Cabo. You need a word from God that'll keep you at rest when Cabo leaves you. Come on, everybody. The blessing here that we find out that God spoke to Abram, the blessing was that I defeated your enemies. This is what he tells him. He tells him this. It's crazy. When you read it, it's crazy because Melchizedek wasn't there. Melchizedek didn't go to fight. Melchizedek wasn't carrying a sword. Melchizedek didn't leave with Abram and his 318 guys and go track down Lot and all the people from Sodom and Gomorrah and defeat those five enemy kings. But when Melchizedek shows up, Melchizedek says, blessed be God, Abram, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. God delivered your enemies into your hands. If you don't go forward and realize you're blessed, no enemies are going to get defeated. If you don't keep moving forward by faith and taking territory, no new territory will ever be possessed in your life. If you don't realize, I am already blessed, I don't need to try to get to be more blessed. I'm just going to take the blessing that God's given me, which is his spoken word, and I'm going to act on the word. Can somebody wave a hanky in the room? Come on, somebody. Come on, let's get Pentecostal up in here today. So listen to me. The blessing works. The blessing works wherever you partner and cooperate with God. Do you want to partner with God in your finances? God says, yes, I want to partner with you. I want to be a partner with you. Not just a partner, a covenant partner. I want to have communion with you. I want to talk to you about what's going on in your financial world. I want to talk to you what's going on in your marital world. I want to talk to you single people about what's going on with your single and swinging world. I want to have relationship with you and show you there's a better way to do life as a believer because I have blessed you. The blessing works wherever you partner and cooperate with God. I've got to partner with him. I've got to cooperate with him. I've got to renew my mind. I've got to change the way I think, change the things that I'm expecting. I might need to reorder and order some things in my life that aren't going on because I want to partner with God because he has given me his life and he tells me 
I am the one that has defeated your enemies. You showed up, but I fought for you. Come on, somebody. You got the job, but I moved the mountain to get you that job. Come on, it was, you thought it was just you. Come on, you just, you, you, come on, you got the contract, but I was behind that, gave you favor. Yeah, you got in that scholarship, but I was the one that talked to that man that let you get, whatever it is, realize that as the believer, you're never under a curse from the devil. Come on, get that cray-cray stuff out of your head. The believer is never cursed. The believer is only blessed. Man. Abraham gets all his stuff together. Gets all his 318 brothers together. And he pursues after them. And he defeats them. Brings back all their stuff. Nobody's, nobody's harmed. Everybody's protected. Everybody's kept. Everybody is. All the stuff gets back. And Melchizedek shows up. Melchizedek brings out bread and wine and says, God fought for you. I'm in covenant partnership with you. I want you to realize this. And the Bible says at that moment something crazy that we read. Think with me. Abraham is spending all his resources. I don't know. Mario and Tina are business owners. They, they have several employees. I don't know, 20, 30, 40 employees. And then they're in the, in the paving business. And they've got, to, they've got to go to Ventura County. And they've got to move all their equipment up there. And they've got to take all their brothers up there. And they've got to get hotels. And they've got to, have, they've got to pay them three meals a day. And they've got to pay all that gas up there. And, 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 and so they, 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 they take all their stuff up there. And, 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 and they bring back all the good. They, they, and they come back. And, and, and there's Melchizedek. And it cost them all this money. They, they, they got nothing for it. They took everybody up there and the contract got canceled. They, they stayed in the ground five days trying to make it happen. They, they spent, they spent $38,942.06 because somebody ate the extra lobster tail. Come on, somebody. And, and, and they came back down. And, and the first thing they do, Abraham, he spent all this money. He spent all the money for his servants, all the, all the money tracking it down. Melchizedek shows up. And Melchizedek says, hey. Let's have some communion. How many know communion will soften your heart? God fought for you. Guess what the scripture says? Abraham then gave to Melchizedek a tithe of everything. He gave him 10% of what he took. He had rightful authority to it, but he didn't keep it. In fact, if you read the rest of the story, which I encourage you to do in Genesis 14 that we didn't do, the king of Sodom said, Abram, listen, I know you just gave the 10% to Melchizedek, but I tell you what, just keep all the stuff. Just give me back the people. Keep all the stuff. Guess what Abram says? Since he's in covenant with God, he says this, I've raised my hand to God. And I will not take anything from you except what the Lord has blessed me with. He gives it all back to the king of Sodom. Because when someone's in partnership and covenant with God, we're not trying to take from anything from anybody else. We already realize we're blessed. 
Can I get an amen in the house of the Lord? Tithing means systematically, systematically returning to God 10% of your income. I was taught this as a little boy from my parents. Kimberly was taught this as a little girl from her parents. We taught our kids this when they were small. It is systematically giving back to God 10% of my income from my paycheck, from my bonus, from my somebody gives me some money, some from the government who hands money to you, from the sale of a house, from the sale of a car, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm going to systematically return 10% of my income to God. Because there's this person called Melchizedek who is Christ, who now I am in partnership with who I've got a physical story of how he shows up in someone's life and pronounces blessing over him, and in response to the understanding that I am blessed. You own it all, you have it all in my life, but I'm showing you in partnership. Since you are in communion with me, I am in covenant with you, Everything you have is mine. Everything I have, you have a right to. And he is just simply asking me to return to him 10% of what I have. Melchizedek, we read, occupies two offices, the king and the priest. The king and the priest. Listen, as king, as king, this means that he has the power and the ability to fight your battles for you. We found that out. That's exactly what he told Melchizedek. Melchizedek, or, or, or excuse me, what Melchizedek told Abram. You've gone out to fight, but, but God was fighting for you. You, you. You've gone out to work every day, but God has strengthened you for that job. Uh, you've gone and you, you've, you've used your mental acumen and skill, but God gave you the skill. God is going before you, and he is going to fight your battles for you. And then also, this Melchizedek, who is the Christ, he stands as a priest. He presents your sacrifices and your offerings to God. Your giving reaches God. It just doesn't stay on the earth. We'll read that in just a moment. So when we tithe, listen, when we tithe, we enact two aspects of this Melchizedek Christ ministry. Two aspects. He is king and he is priest. But now it says and it tells us in the scripture in Hebrews chapter 7 that he is the king of peace. Listen, let me read it to you along here. He is the king of peace. Jesus, it means he brought us back into perfect peace and wholeness with God. It is now well with us. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken in our relationship with him. God is our loving heavenly father. We can walk with peace in the world because we have and we are at peace with him. God is our king of peace. We can have peace in this world system. We don't have to fret. We don't have to fray. Who's in government? Who's not? Are they red? Are they blue? Are they black? Are they white? Is it blue lives matter? Well, yes, they do. Black lives? Well, I don't care where all that stands. I know in the world we can have peace with God. Melchizedek operates in this order, and Christ fulfills this order. But not just as peace that we can have peace with God, we can have peace with one another. But he also operates in this realm that he is the king, the scripture says, of righteousness. Jesus gave us his perfect right standing with God. 
Now we can stand in the presence of God without the sense of sin, shame, guilt, or inferiority. In this fallen world system, we have a risen Lord and Savior. So we can stand right before God as Melchizedek could stand face, or excuse me, as Abram could stand face to face with Melchizedek without the sense of sin or shame or guilt and inferiority. You, you've worked for me. I understand you've worked for me. So now I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give back to you what rightfully belongs to you. So when we declare, when we tithe, what we are declaring is Jesus is Lord over my life. He is Lord. He's the king of peace. He's the king of righteousness. He is my king. He's my defender. He's my Lord. He is my high priest. He takes what I've given to God and he takes what, I've, what I'm giving on the earth and he brings it to God. And he, he worships God with your giving. That's a pretty phenomenal thing. I'm in covenant with God now. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at one with God. I'm, I'm not at odds with God. I'm, I'm one with him today because of the blood of Jesus Christ. My, 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 my. My. Verse 7. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7. I'm going to preach short today. Come on, I'm about done. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7 says this. Now beyond all contradiction, we read this. The lesser who was Abraham, listen to me, but it's also you, is blessed by the better, which is Melchizedek or Christ. You and I are blessed, not by our own doing, but we're blessed because of Jesus Christ. We're, we're, we're strengthened, we're enabled, we're gifted, not by our own doing, but because of Christ. God, God, yeah, yeah, you worked it. Yeah, you went out to fight the, the, the enemy. Yeah, you showed up at that job. Yeah, you took that promotion, but God opened the door for the promotion. Yeah, 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 you got to get up early. Yeah, you got to stay late. Yeah, you studied to get that degree, but God gave you the ability. Beyond all contradiction, the lesser, that's me, that's you, we're blessed by the better. Who is this one who showed up in eternity past in Genesis 14, named Melchizedek? No beginning, no end. No genealogy that we could trace. He just shows up. So the response, listen, the response of the person being blessed is the tithe. I'm blessed. But Gary, you, are you crazy, Gary? <laughs> Don't you know housing prices? Don't you know inflation? Don't you know I'm... Listen, listen to your words. Don't you know I'm trying to get ahead? When you don't realize he already got ahead for you. Amen. Don't you know I'm, I'm putting in the hours? Don't you know that he's strengthening you to do that? So why wouldn't you trust him? Throughout my entire life, unless you should say, well, God works for you because you're a pastor. Well, let me ordain you today and see if it works for you. Can I tell you? The same Bible you got to work, I got to work. The same Bible you got to believe, I got to believe. There's just no difference. So for 
all my life, even when I, listen, even when I was away from God, I was afraid not to tithe. Because I had a bad idea that God might curse me, which is nonsense. We'll talk about it next week of the week coming up. God ain't cursing his kids. Come on, everybody say amen. Poke your neighbor. God ain't cursing you. God ain't cursing you. No, 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 no. No. We read the scripture. It says, here mortal men who die receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it's witnessed that he lives. Do you realize that when you tithe, it's a living declaration that you believe Jesus is alive? That he's still working in your life on the earth. Come on, everybody. That he's, come on, everybody, that he's coming again. That he's the king, he's the Christ. That you can trust him right now. Hey, single parent, you can trust him. Hey, young couple trying to get a condo, you can trust him. Hey, hey person trying to, you know, make that car payment, you can trust him. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Here, mortal men that die, churches, ministries, receive tithes. We, we, we receive your check or your cash or your I give online like so many of us in the room. And, and, and we receive that. And it, it's so that we can have this and we can do outreach and reach people. And part of your giving that goes through our hands reaches out to ministries and missions all around the area. Here we receive, but it doesn't stop there. There he receives them. Of whom it's witnessed that he lives. So let's just grind down just a few seconds longer. <laughs> the money you give and I give to the church doesn't all of a sudden get evaporated out of our account and float up to heaven. Come on, everybody. It says there he receives them. Huh? Is that what it means? He receives it. There, there goes my hundred. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. No. Come on, somebody. Your hundred stays on the ground. Come on, somebody. Stays up in here. But the Bible says there he receives them. What's he received then? Your faith in him. Come on, everybody. I, want, I don't know about you, but I get excited about proving the Lord faithful. Come on. When I think about the Lord, come on, somebody. How he saved me, how he prospered me, how he delivered me, how he, how he, listen, I could, I, I told you before, I could, when I get talking like this, I could bore you with stories of how God showed up. I hope you got some stories like that. How when we went to Canada and, 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 and Brittany up here in the front row, our daughter, she's in mama's belly over here. She's six, Kimberly's six months pregnant with the girl. And God told us to leave, leave and go to Canada and pastor a church that had about 25 people. And they said, we can pay you $500 a month. And we got a son who's a few, who, who's like 15 months old, eight, 19 months old. Mama's six months pregnant with this girl right here. And I'm driving a U-Haul. And Kimberly's driving a van, and we're going to a little town of 8,000 people in British Columbia, Canada for $500 a month. And the caveat is the brother can't get a job because we don't have the card. 
Can't work. What are you going to do? Well, think about the Lord. How he saved me. How he raised me. Fill me with the Holy. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Lord. Hey, hey. Hi, priest. Hey, king. Hey, my righteousness. Hey, my peace. I need you up in here because you told me to do this. And you said you're going to fight my battles for me. So I'm driving this truck across this border. And come on, let's be real. Fear hit me. Come on, somebody. We crossed into Canada and it was like the devil was saying, you're dying, you're dying, you're dying. Your last days are over. I'm like, oh, Lord, God. But can I tell you what happened? Can I tell you what happened? We rolled up, didn't have any money. Honestly, I think I had about $3,000 to my name. I moved to Canada with $3,000 as a 28-year-old kid. I was crazy. Crazy faith. Just trying to obey God. Like, I'd, I'd, ch- I'd charge hell with a squirt gun. <laughs> crazy faith. Rented this little apartment. When Brittany was born, it was a two-bedroom apartment. Our son was in one room. We were in the other room. Brittany was in the closet. Come on, that's why she's a little bit warped. Come on, pray for Brittany. (laughs) Brittany's got some issues. She was in a closet. (laughs) Kidding. I'm kidding. We were going to name her Broomhilda, but I don't know. That would have been good, but anyway. (laughs) Within eight months, listen to me. We bought a house for $800 down. How? God. God. I don't don't know how. I don't know how. Just favor. I'm just telling you. You have got a covenant partner in your life. Would you trust him with all your stuff? Come on. Would you trust him? Would you trust him? Would you trust him? I could tell you stories again that would just shock you, and I don't want to, because I don't want to draw attention to myself, about how God's challenged us with this area of giving, not just tithing. I'm talking about going over and above. That you go, whoo, you don't know. You don't know. You, Lord, you just don't know. And he said, no, I know. I know. I know how much money you got. I know how much money you're saving. And I know what you need. But will you trust me? Now, one more time, if I've lost you at all, Abram's blessed, but God's going to put the blessing to a test. Everybody in the room? Y'all blessed. Y'all blessed. But God says, we're going to have a test. When Abram goes out to get Lot and all the kings and all that stuff, defeats them, brings back all the people and the stuff, the first person who met him when he had his paycheck was Melchizedek. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to keep it for myself? Or am I going to give to God? 
Well, we've said many times around here, and hopefully you get it this morning, if you're a guest, listen, we're not trying to get anything from you. This is really kind of like a family message today. Is that God's not trying to get anything from you. God's trying to get something to you. And what we know about God is that God operates by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith means I believe something before I see something. And so I'm going to have to plant my seed and trust the ground is going to cause it to grow up. I'm going to water it. I'm going to have to honor you with my tithe and just say, Lord, you're going to have to make this month stretch. Come on, somebody. Make this money stretch, Lord. I'm going to trust you again today, no matter what it looks like, because I'm in partnership with you. God's asking for his church to be in partnership with him. And what's sad across the board, I don't want to, I don't have the statistics right here in front of me right now, but the amount of people in church, Christians who say they love Jesus and actually give God the tithe is very, very low. Which to me tells me that now I'm going through life fighting my own battles. I'm going through life trying to make my own way. I'm getting out trying to get my machete, trying to make my own path. When God says, listen, would you just trust me? And let me fight your battles for you because I'm your king. I'm your king. I'm going to go before you. I'm going to make your way smooth and plain. I'm going to cause that mountain to be brought low. I'm going to cause that valley to be raised high. You're in partnership with me now. I'm going to do things for you. Listen to me. I'm going to do things for you money can't buy. I'm going to save your family. Come on, everybody. I'm going to bring healing in your life. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to give you strength. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. Come on, somebody say it with me. I'm blessed. Come on, come on. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. We're not blessed because of ourselves. We're blessed because we're in partnership with the one who blesses us. The blessing, the blessing is a spoken thing that changes everything. I am blessed. I'm highly favored. Come on, somebody. God's grace and mercy is on my life. So I can freely give to him whenever I feel a nudge at his, in my heart from what he's trying to tell me what to do. Not just with the tithe, but with giving in general. Lord, I can be generous with whatever you've blessed me with because it all belongs to you. Can anybody in the room say amen and amen? Can we just give the Lord just a little praise this morning? Amen. Amen. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Would you do that? Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, we just pray for everyone in the room that the Word of God would fall on good seed. The seed of the Word of God would fall on good soil. It's taking root. It's bearing 30, 60, and 100 fold. I pray that everyone in the room wants to come. We won't give in to any kind of fear that God's trying to twist my arm, trying to take something from me. How, how am I going to, how am I? No, no, no. You're a loving Heavenly Father. You've got nothing but blessing. So, Father, as we partner with you, I thank you that this week and this next week and next paycheck and as we bring our giving to you, you're just going to open up doors in these last two months of the year. Do things for us, oh Lord God, we ask you. Father, those that are in need today, I'm asking you, make a way. Make a way. Open up door. Give them great favor, oh God. Father, we pray and ask today for great grace, great mercy to help us always in a time of need. We honor this one called Jesus Christ, Father. Jesus, we worship you and adore you. 
You are King of kings and Lord of lords. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And we bring back to you what you've so graciously given to us. Let faith rise in our heart. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. While your head's bowed, your eyes closed, come on, no one looking around, give everyone the right to privacy. Maybe you're in the room today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're online and you've not done that. Maybe you've heard about Jesus, you've heard about God, maybe you even sprinkled or water baptized, but really you'd say, I've never made a commitment to serve God, to turn my back on myself, on my sin, on my own way, and to say yes to Jesus. He's here today for you, all over the room, all over the room, and online as well. We don't have you raise or you know, come to the front or stand up, just right there where you're, where you're sitting. I'll ask you just in a couple of seconds if you wanna be prayed for, just to raise your hand. And we're all gonna say a prayer out loud, everybody in the room, you won't be by yourself, and there'll be a spiritual transaction that's gonna happen. You're going to be saved. You're going to be delivered. God's going to work in your life. He's going to have a, you're entering into a partnership, a covenant, fellowship, communion with God because of Jesus Christ. So all over the room, if that's you, come on, when I count to three, just raise your hand. Come on, one, two, you want to be prayed for, three, come on, lift up your hand all over the room. Say, that's me. That's me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Several hands, several hands over here. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Come on, say this out loud with me, church, and you that raised your hand, mix faith with it. Pray this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart, and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever and ever. I repent. I changed my mind, and I changed my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. We stand up, and we clap real loud for everybody this morning. Come on, everybody. People are turning to Lord. Come on, we just say amen. Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's celebrate and just say praise God.